I'm looking forward to getting into the Word this morning. I am starting a two-part, possibly three-part, probably only two-part series. And this is a very important subject, I believe probably the most important subject that is often not preached or part of it most certainly is not preached. Today's message is entitled, What Must I Do to Be Saved? We're going to talk about salvation this morning. I cannot share everything about salvation. I'm going to share a very important part with you this morning. In the second part, which will be after the Holy Spirit Fire Conference, I will be ministering on can you lose your salvation? Can you lose your salvation? Most people don't want to talk about this because they're scared people will get upset. If you get upset, well, you know, I'm sorry. You are allowed to disagree with me. That's fine. Don't send me books and emails and all that stuff. After the second part today, you'll all like me. Amen. But in the second part, we'll see what happens. I can't guarantee anything. But what I can say is that we can agree to disagree. I'm going to share with you. I've searched the scriptures on this. I've read books. I've listened to CDs. I've listened to sermons. I really believe it's important in this hour because I believe God is raising up his church for, a, for, a, for an incredible time of what's about to take place on planet earth, I believe the church needs to be equipped. I believe the church needs to be ready. Amen. Amen. So let's get right to it this morning. Let's get right to it. The first thing I want to say before I even get to my notes is, I don't know about you, but I am so grateful to the Lord that He has saved me. Amen. I'm grateful that He has saved me. I believe you are too. And um, salvation is... is, is probably the greatest miracle that there is, the fact that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, that we will live for, with God forever. But it's an important subject, and there are many different opinions, and I want you to understand something. Salvation is far more than a doctrine. So, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in doctrine and words, and, you know, does it mean this, and does it mean that, and we lose the essence of what it really means that our lives have been saved because of the blood of Jesus. Just how powerful it is that He died for us, that we could have eternal life, live with Him forever. Our sins can be forgiven. But there is a lot to say about this subject. And I want to start in Ephesians 2, verse number 8, because there are three things about salvation I want you to know. We'll start here. Ephesians 2, verse number 8. For by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. I want you to know that your salvation is not by your works. This is so important. You cannot earn your salvation. It is a gift that has been given to you. I want you to recognize, because so often people will say, well, you know, salvation is free. No, salvation is not free. Salvation was paid for in blood. It was an incredible sacrifice that has given us the salvation. But take a look at what it says here. In verse number eight, the, 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 the A part, the first part, it says, For by grace you have been saved. Past tense. Most of you in this room, at one or other point, gave your life to Jesus. So we talk about you as though you have been saved. You were saved at one point in the past. At some point, you gave your life to Jesus. This is called the rebirth. This is the day that you give your heart to the Lord. 
You give your life to Him. You make Jesus the Lord of your life. You confess Him as Lord and Savior, and He comes and lives in you, and you are changed. But this is something that took place. This is past tense. Are you with me? Your spirit is the part that gets saved. You must understand you are a tripod being. You are a spirit, a soul, and a body. This is clear from Scripture. The Bible tells us that we are a tripod being, spirit, soul, and body. And when we get saved, our spirit is born again. It's made new. Are you with me? We call this justification. It's past tense. It's taken place. We are justified. God has justified us just as if we never sinned. That's how you can remember it. Justification means just as if I never sinned. Jesus paid a price for my sins. He washed me in His blood. I've been forgiven. I have been justified. Past tense. My spirit has been saved. Are you with me? Romans 3 verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So He has redeemed us by His grace. He has justified us. Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be just, justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So the only way that you can be justified is if you believe in Jesus, if you give your heart to Him, if you give your life to Him. Past tense. I've given my heart to Him. I've given my life to Him. He has saved me. Are you with me? Now, that is past tense. But there is also something taking place all the time in your life. Present tense. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, present tense, it is the power of God. You must understand, to people in the world, the message of the cross is foolishness. But to us who have already been saved, the, the power of the cross is still causing us to be saved all the time. Yes, we have already been given our promise to go to heaven. But there is something taking place in what we call the soul dimension. The soul dimension. The soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. This is the part of you that is always being transformed. This is the part of you that is being saved. How many of you know that when you, when you got saved, the day you got saved, you didn't know the whole Bible? How many of you know that when you, when you got saved, you, 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 you still you know, would make mistakes and do things that you did when you were in the world? Some of you have been saved for 40 years. You're still doing that. Okay, let's do this. Okay, all right. It's time to, all right. Are you with me, guys? You see, you are always being saved. Your soul dimension. That's why the Bible says that you should renew your mind. That's why the Bible says you should pick up your cross daily. Because what happens is if your soul dimension, if your mind, your will, your emotions is not submitting to God on a daily basis, you can slip. You can begin to submit more to the things of the flesh or this world than to the things of the Spirit and to God. That's why Paul talks about a war in his members where the Spirit and the flesh are at conflict with one another. Where? In the soul dimension, in the mind, in the will, 
in their emotions. Are you all with me this morning? I'm trying to explain it as, as best I can. So we are being saved in that dimension. Amen. Titus 2 verse 11 says it like this, and I love this. It says this. It says, for the grace of God, now watch, that brings salvation, the grace of God that brings salvation has, past tense, appeared to all men. There we see the justification. Okay? He says, he says, but it's also teaching us, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So while you are on this earth, you will be taught by the Spirit of grace to live right. Or well, a lot of people don't like that scripture. It's like, why don't they just wrap that one out, you know? See, the Spirit of grace will always equip you, empower you. But at the same time, it's also always teaching you to live right before God. So we call that present salvation or sanctification. But there is also something that will take place in the future. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 15 says this. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved. Everybody say be saved. Yet so not as through fire. Philippians 3 verse 20 says this. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. You see, your body is not saved. Your body, however, will be transformed. Now, I want you to be clear. This is important. Hear me now. When you give your life to Jesus, you are saved. You are going to heaven. Are you with me? But in the process on while you're on this earth, your mind is being renewed. You are being sanctified daily, every day. Read the Word, study the Word, be in prayer, relationship with God. I'm growing. My mind is changing. The fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's changing my nature slowly but surely. That's called sanctification. But in the future, one day when we get to be with the Lord, He will give us a new body. We call that glorification. Future tense. Ultimately, you will in totality be completely, 100%, every part of you, saved. Amen. You see, the truth is, is that the Greek word for saved is the Greek word sozo, which actually means to be made well or to be restored. It means so much more than just salvation. And I'd love to teach you on that, and we will do it in the future. But for the sake of today, I really want to talk about primarily past tense saving or being saved or having been saved. It is so important that we understand our salvation. And what does it mean? What do we have to do to truly be saved? What do we have to do? I think the first thing we need to understand is what are the benefits or what does it mean to be saved? The first thing I want you to be clear on I want you to be clear on this. I've spoken a little bit about this this morning, but I want to make sure you get it totally. Romans 11 verse 6. And if by grace, 
then it is no longer works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. You must remember, because there are many denominations or religions that, that, not religions, but certain denominations that will teach you have to do works to get to heaven. No. The only way you get to heaven, the only way you get salvation saved is by grace. It is 100% a gift. Are you with me, guys? Listen, right there, when we really, truly stop for a moment, take all the glorification, justification, sanctification, theory and doctrine out of it, understand this. This is the good news that you have been saved by grace. It is not of works or anything that you've done or earned. It is a gift. What an incredible gift. How good is the salvation that comes to us by grace. You can't earn it. The second thing I want you to be clear on this morning is that salvation is a powerful thing because it qualifies you for forgiveness. It qualifies you for forgiveness, Acts 13, 38. Therefore, let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, uh, uh, that through this man is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, through Jesus, we are given forgiveness of sins. Listen to this, Jeremiah 31, 34. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity. And the second part, guys, is so powerful. And their sins I will remember no more. You must understand that that salvation qualifies you for forgiveness. He's forgiven you. Your sins that you committed many years ago, why do you keep reminding them to God? Why do you keep bringing them up? Oh God, you can't use me because of what I did. And he's saying, what are you talking about? I forgave you. I have forgotten your sins. They've been removed. They've been taken away. I'm so grateful that God has forgotten my sins. So guess what? I'm going to forget them too. It qualifies you for forgiveness. Do I still sin? Yes, I still sin. And when I sin, guess what? I ask for forgiveness. The blood of Jesus qualifies me for that forgiveness. One sacrifice has paid it all. Are you with me? The third thing is salvation makes you righteous. Salvation qualifies you to stand right with God. That's what qualifies you to be in right standing with God. Listen, the Bible says this, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So he took, the, 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 he took our sins and He put them on Jesus. There was an exchange. We got His righteousness. If it wasn't for that exchange, we could never be made righteous. So we are in right standing with God based on the fact that Jesus has given us His righteousness and He has paid the price for your sins with His own life when He was innocent. We have we have been given 
His innocence, His righteousness. Are you with me? Such a powerful thing. So powerful. Yes, that does not mean that we, now we just say, okay, well, I'm righteous so I can live how I want and just, it's okay. And whoever teaches you that, that's not good because that's not true. We should still seek righteousness. Okay, another time. Amen. His righteousness paid for your and my sin. Romans 4 verse 3 says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Your salvation is a wonderful gift and it comes by believing and making him Lord of your life. When you believe, it's accounted for you righteousness. You are given his righteousness because you believe that he is the one and only son of God. Amen. Isn't it beautiful, guys? Listen, you are forgiven. You are, you are, you are given a gift of salvation. You, you, you have been made righteous. Listen, right there, right now, we can shout. Right there, right now, we can celebrate. Just because of that. We don't even need to talk about any of the other stuff. Just there, at that one place, right there, at this moment, we can begin to give the Lord a, 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 a clap. We can begin to celebrate. Thank you so much, Brian. I'll give, I think I'll give him a shout too. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful, God, that you saved me. I'm so thankful that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm so thankful. Oh, I'm thankful that I'm forgiven. I'm thankful that I'm forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The fourth thing I want to share with you is that salvation is what qualifies you for eternal life. It's salvation that qualifies you for eternal life. Romans 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. John, 1 John 2 verse 25. And this is the promise that He has promised us eternal life. Isn't that awesome, guys? You will not die. You will live forever. You will live with Him in eternity forever. Everybody say forever. Oh, come on, say forever. Oh, I'm going to live with Jesus forever. Hallelujah. Forever. 1 John 5.13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. I don't know about, about you guys, but I can tell you this morning, I am so grateful. I have an assurance. I know for certain that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I know that I'm a son of the King of the Most High God, that I serve Him, I follow Him. I know that I am led by the Spirit. I know that I desire, I know that I desire to hear Him. I know that I am His sheep because I know that I hear His voice. Hallelujah. I am so grateful. I am forgiven. I am justified. It's a gift. I have salvation. I have eternal life. Oh God, I give you thanks right now. This is so powerful. I'm so grateful, Lord. Hallelujah. I am so grateful. So grateful. You see, the thing is, 
that many people, when it comes to this subject, and you talk to them about the goodness and the mercy and the saving grace of God, they'll throw something out like this. They'll say this. They'll say, well, you know, you know, I don't want to serve a God that sends everyone to hell or a God that just, you know, just sends people to hell. You see, what you don't understand or what most people, what, what most people that would say something like that does not understand is that it doesn't work that way. You see, the fact is this, is that when you are born and you begin to live, you are dying. When you are born and you begin to live, you are going to hell. But Jesus saved you. Jesus died so that you don't have to go to hell. He gave you an, a choice. He gave you an opportunity to give your life to Him. Are you with me? So actually, it's only goodness. When you realize just how good it really is, just how wonderful it truly is. Listen, you must understand, this is the God of all creation. This is the Alpha and the Omega. This is, there is no God besides this God. Everything was made out of Him. There is no one like Him. Listen, He gave His only Son to die on the cross so that you could have life, so that you could have eternal life. He did all of that to save your soul. Isn't that powerful, guys? The question that most people need to ask themselves is this. You see, many of us think that eternal life starts when we die. But that's not true. Eternal life starts the day you get saved. You enter into a future and a hope with God forever. You get, when you get saved, you, you now have eternal life. Now you are saved. That's why salvation is so powerful. That's why baptism is so powerful. When you get saved, you should get baptized. If you got sprinkled, you have not been baptized. It's time to get baptized. You must understand, Jesus said, you must be born again. You see, what we don't understand is the Bible teaches that you must be born of water and you must be born of the Spirit. You see, when you are born of water, you get baptized. Why? Because when you get born the first time, I don't know if you know this, when you get born the first time, you are born of water. You come out of the womb, water. You come into this world, now you are going to be born again back into the water. And when you come out that water, you are a new creation. All things have been made new. Sprinkling just doesn't cut it, guys. You know what I mean? You must make a decision to serve Him, to love Him. We're going to talk about baptism in just a few weeks. We're going to stop having baptisms once every three months. We're going to start having them once a month. That's right. Come on, stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout. We're going to have baptisms once a month. Why? Because so many people are going to get saved. So many people are going to turn to Jesus. So many people are going to give their lives to Him. Hallelujah. You see, we must understand that God gave dominion rights, authority to Adam and Eve. And they lost it when they fell. And it was then the, the God of this age, the God of this world, Satan, that took dominion. What God did was He said, I have to fix this. So He sent His only Son. And the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world. Listen to me. God so loved the world. He loves the whole world. That He gave His only begotten Son. So God loves the sinner. 
He loves everyone out there. So much that He gave His only begotten Son. The problem is we have to make a choice. We have to make a choice. Will we follow Him or won't we follow Him? Do you choose life or do you choose death? Deuteronomy says, I place before you life or death. Choose. You have to choose. It's a choice. Jesus has done everything necessary so that we can enter into covenant with Him, become a child of the Most High God, have our names written in the Lamb's book of life, give our lives to Him, serve Him, love Him. Jesus has died for everyone. But He gave us this thing called free will. You see, God created us in His image and likeness. Like Him, we have free will. You can choose. You can choose whether you will follow Him or not, whether you will make Him Lord or whether you won't. You see, what a lot of people don't understand about salvation is they think that when you say, I believe in Jesus, or you raise your hand in a service, that you've been saved. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that that isn't true. Salvation is not just saying, I believe. Salvation is more than that. And this is so important. You have to get this this morning. Because there are many people sitting in church today, not necessarily here, because you guys are so on fire, you know what I mean? But in other churches, there are people sitting in churches all across America and the world that think they're going to heaven, and they are going to hell. That's the reality. That's the truth. They are not going to heaven because they have not made Him Lord of their lives. You see, Jesus gave His life in ransom for yours. So you have to give your life back to Him. You have to make Him Lord of your life. Your life is no longer your own. This is not a burden. Oh, I can't shoot heroin anymore. I can't sleep around anymore. I can't steal anymore. I can't live like a whatever anymore. No, that's not living. You are dying even faster. He came to give you life. He came to set you free. Hallelujah. When you give your life to Jesus, that's when you truly begin to live. The Bible says this. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were brought at a price. It wasn't cheap. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You no longer belong to you. You belong to Him. If you are saved, you no longer belong to you. You belong to Him. You no longer live for you. You live for Him. Am I saying that, oh, now you can't live? No, that's not what I'm saying. God wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. He wants you to have an abundant life. 
better, more than you can ever imagine. But the Bible tells us clearly this is no contradiction to anything. The Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. This is the greatest, the first commandment. You have to give your life to Him. Is there an area in your life that that does not belong to Him? Listen to what the Bible says. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. You see, not everyone who just says, I believe, is going to make it to heaven. We need to, we need to see this clearly, guys. You cannot give your life to Jesus or say, I believe in Jesus, and then go out and continue to live the way you did in the past. The process of sanctification must begin. There must be something that's taken place in your life, in your heart. You didn't just believe. You also gave your life to Him. You also made Him Lord. Look at what it says. It says this, the next verse. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Let's stop there. Take a look at this. This list is not just of people sitting in church pews or those that watch online at home. This list includes ministers, people that are casting out demons, people that are are prophesied. And if you think that's the charismatics, you're dreaming. Are you with me? This is serious. This is serious. There are many people that never truly gave their lives to Jesus. They think they're saved, but they're not. Now listen, God will go to the lengths and the breadth. You have no idea to make sure that you are saved. We're going to talk more about all of that later, but I want you to understand this this morning. It's so important that you understand that you have to give your life to Him. Listen what it says. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's important. We'll talk all about lawlessness in part two. Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you made a decision to make him Lord? of your life. This week, I had the most wonderful privilege of getting a message from South Africa from one of my my best friends, probably the best friend I've ever had. We used to work together. We used to, we built houses next to each other. His wife and my wife, Naomi and Maureen, were like best friends. We would go for walks after dinner. This was like, we worked together. We fished together. We were really, really close. And he was such a good guy. He lived a really good life. He was, he was good. And we would talk about God and, and he would say to me, oh, you know, Al, you know, my boy, this is how we spoke, my boy. And I'd say, hey, my boy. And he would say, Al, my boy. He says, I believe in God. And I would talk to him about God and he would say, I believe it. But we would just never really get into the deeper things. So he sends me this message this week. This is years, years. I haven't seen him in years. Al, I need to talk to you. Please, 
can I talk to you? I said, buddy, I can't today. I'm meetings. Can I speak to you in the morning? So he said, yes, absolutely. I sent him, uh, he sent me a message while we were driving to work. I said to Naomi, I really need to call him. I called him. He says to me, he says, Al, buddy, I gave my life to Jesus. He says, I gave my life to Jesus. He says, buddy, he says, I can't believe it. He said, you're not going to believe what happened. He says, I went to church. He says, when I was sitting in that church, he said, he said, I don't know what was going on. He said, but I began to weep. I began to cry. He said, he said I gave my heart. My, Maureen, we gave our hearts to the Lord. Buddy, our lives are different. Our lives are not the same anymore. Something's happened to us, buddy. We're just not the same anymore. What happened to them? Let me tell you what happened to them. They got saved. They made a decision to make the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of their lives. They gave their lives to Jesus. Listen to this. He's busy telling me how everything has changed. He says to me, buddy, it's not that easy. He says, you know, he says, you know how the guys are. He said, you know, some of them are, you know, I'm going to lose friends. I'm losing friends. He says, but you know what, buddy? He says, it's so worth it. What is he saying? He's saying, buddy, my life is not my own. Are you with me? And I'm sitting on the other side. I don't even know how many thousands of miles away over here. And I'm listening to him and I, and I can't even talk. He says, buddy, I'm calling you because I want you to come and baptize me. I want you to come and baptize me. I said, Daryl, I said, listen, my boy. <laughs> I, said, I said, you can't wait for me. You got to get baptized right now. I said, oh, I'm so happy. I began to weep. I began to cry. He says, listen. He says, you're not going to believe what happened. He says, I went to Little Falls. I went to your church, Al. He says, and I was sitting in the same chair that I sat in the night that you got ordained. He says, I was sitting there. And he said, we went there because he said, our daughter's best friend was getting baptized. She was getting baptized and Pastor Harold spoke about the Daniel fast. He said, buddy, he said, you won't believe it. I'm busy doing the Daniel fast. He said, I'm busy fasting. He said, he said, I'm drinking water and I'm eating vegetables and, 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 and fruit. I want you to know that's a real Daniel fast. When you eat vegetables and fruit only, hallelujah. That's okay. No one's clapping. That's fine. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm sitting there, I can't even speak. And the presence of God fills the car. My whole family is just, everyone's quiet. Naomi can see that I'm totally emotional. I try and get a word out. I can hear his emotion. He's saying, Al, I can feel your heart. I'm saying, Daryl, my boy. And we're crying together. So powerful. Guys, that is salvation. That is salvation. You see, the Bible says this. The Bible says this in James 2, 19. You believe there is one God. You do well. But even the demons believe and tremble. How many, how many Christians believe but do not tremble? How many Christians do not realize or believers do not realize. See, it's not enough to believe. You have to give your life to Him. You have to say, Lord, I make you the Lord of my life. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. Luke 6 verse 46 says this. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? I'm not in any way suggesting 
that you're not going to make mistakes. That's why we have sanctification. It's a process. You will sin. Where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. God will help you pick you up when you fall. But the question truly this morning has to be, have you given your life to Jesus? I'm not asking you if you believe. I'm asking you, have you given your life to Him? Have you made Him the Lord of your life? And, it, and really the truth is you will know. If you're sitting here this morning, if you're watching online, you will know if He is the Lord of your life or if He isn't. As your pastor, it's my responsibility to make sure that I preach the truth to you. Because in that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will say to them, I do not know you. Depart from me. Lawlessness, you that rebel, you that choose to do it your way. There's nothing like His grace, His goodness. Many people are like my friend Daryl who believed, but then there was a day where he got saved. And now he's not the same anymore. His life is no longer his own. He's still a great fisherman. He still spends time with his family. He still does everything he does. But now he's living for God. Because he's realized that, that there was a price paid for him that is so great. A great salvation that was given to him for him because of what Jesus did. That, my friend, is called true love. That is true love. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Can I ask, please, nobody move around. Please, nobody move around. This is so important. With every head bowed and eyes closed, just for a moment. If you've come here this morning and you say, Pastor Alex, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to confess Him this morning and I want to believe in my heart that He is Lord. He is the Son of God. If you've come here and you say, that's me, Pastor Alex. Today, I want to give my life to Jesus. Quickly slip your hand up so I can pray for you. God bless 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 you. So many hands. So many hands. I can't even continue. God bless you. I see the hands in the back. I want you this morning to leave this place. God bless you guys. You can put your hands down. Thank you. If you've come here this morning, I don't want you to leave this morning without making that decision. Listen, guys, eternity is forever. But today, be like my friend Daryl that says, Lord, I'm so thankful for what you have done. Today, I'm giving my life to you. Today, I make you Lord of my life. If that's you, one last call. If you haven't raised your hand, slip it up so I can include you. Slip it up so I can include you in this prayer. I see the hands in the back. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Can everybody stand for just a moment? Just a moment, please. Everybody stand. Listen, guys, the Bible says this, that if you will confess me before men, Jesus said, I will confess you before my Father. If you will not confess me before men, I will not confess you. If you raised your hand this morning, don't stay in your seat. This is the most important decision you've ever made. Come to the front. Don't be afraid. Come quickly. Come to the front. Those of you that raised your hand, there were so many. Please don't stay in your seat. Come quickly. Come. Come quickly. That's it. That's it. They're coming. There we go. That's it. Amen. Come quickly. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much. Keep coming. Keep coming. If you raised your hand, 
come on, don't take this decision lightly. You, you, you made a decision this morning. You said that you will confess Him before men. This is not to be taken lightly. If you see someone trying to get through, make way for them. Let them come. Come on, there were so many more hands. Don't stay in your seat. Don't be afraid. Come to the front. Come. Come quickly. Come on, guys. Let's encourage them. Come. Thank you so much, sir. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. If I can ask you guys just to come down here. I want to pray for them, but there are so many of you that raised your hand. Don't stay in your seat. Come forward this morning. There we go. Praise God. Praise God. That's it. Listen, it's amazing to me. I want you guys to just see something, if this is okay. There, are, there is a couple standing here that is more elderly. Here comes another elderly gentleman. This is the beginning of life for you. This is the beginning of life for you. Come on, young people. Let this be an example to you this, this morning. Amen. Amen. Isn't this amazing, guys? Now, I want you to know, those of you that came forward, this is the beginning of a new day. This is the day that you can mark down for the rest of your life. You don't have to ask the question again, am I saved? Because today you are making Him Lord of your life. Today you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, listen to me, that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. We're going to pray a prayer this morning. Can I get my leaders to please come behind them? My leaders, quickly come, please. We're going to pray a prayer this morning. And every one of you, please pray this this morning from your heart. What must I do to be saved? You must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then serve Him. Give your heart to Him. And that's it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to do that. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Can we all pray this together? Let's Congregation, let's all pray this together this morning. But those of you in the front, pray with your whole hearts this morning. Let's say, Father, I come to you this morning. I believe Jesus died and rose again. He is the Son of God. Forgive me for my sins. Wash me in your blood. Jesus, you are my Lord. Today I give my life to you. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Just say this, Lord, I surrender. You are my God. In Jesus' name. Now just raise your hands for a moment, please. Just receive His grace and His mercy. Holy Spirit, fill them this morning. Never the same again. Never the same again. Never the same. God bless you guys. I pray that the peace of God would forever be your portion. That He will love you and walk with you all the days of your life. That you will never be the same again. Never again in the name of Jesus. You are so precious, young lady. The hand of the Lord is really strong on you. Amen. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless me. It's a new day for you. Hey. Amen. It's a new day. Amen. Amen. Brother. Amen. God bless you guys. Just be blessed. Be blessed. Such a precious man. God bless you, sir.
God bless you. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. Thank you guys so much. It's such an honor. God bless you. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, sir. Bless you, sir. This is it now. This is it now. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, my darling. Oh, I just love you so much. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big clap? Amen. If you look to my right hand, to your left hand over here, there's a pastor over there with glasses on and he's waving his hand at you. Just wave at them. If you look over there, if I can ask you guys, if you can follow him, he's going to take you and they're going to just, the leader, there's a leader behind you that wants to greet you and just encourage you this morning, pray with you. We love you guys. We value you. And we just want to encourage you. If you can just follow them out, let's give them a big round of applause. Let's give them a big God bless you. Amen. Amen. Let's give them a clap. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Amen. Amen. Let me tell you something, guys, that there are many prayers that have been answered this morning. And I want you to know something, that, that God's grace is sufficient for you and His mercies are new every day. I want you to be strengthened and encouraged. I want you to leave this place with that assurance that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You leave here today and know that anyone question your salvation. If you love Him and you serve Him and you've made Him Lord of your life, I want you to know that you don't have to question your salvation anymore. Are you with me? Be assured this morning that you are saved. And I pray this over you now. And listen, don't worry about them. They'll be back in five minutes happier than you've ever seen them before. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We are so grateful for your word. We are so grateful for your saving grace that has appeared to us already, God. Now I pray, Lord, that that same grace would teach us to live rightly, Father, to live, Father, and to walk with you and to serve you all the days of our life. Lord, what more can I say except this? It is an honor. It is a privilege. I am grateful that we get to do this, Lord, that we get to serve you and love you and follow you. It's not a hard thing. You have set us free. You have made us truly free. You have entered us into what real peace looks like, real joy and strength. Lord, I am so grateful. We are so grateful. Today in this place, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Now I pray that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the love of the Father and the fellowship with the Spirit be with every one of you as you leave this place this morning. Go in the peace of God and may the joy of the Lord be your strength. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. And we will see you next week. Amen.